Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, I want to tell you about the lab. If you haven't heard, it is wellness. Anywhere you go, you could listen to it like a podcast. Um, they're basically live Zoom classes, but you could listen to them on a run, or you could turn the camera on and engage with them. We have a thriving community of like-minded people trying to live better lives, and it's been amazing. Not only do we have the foundational classes like codependency and and, uh, ch- and trauma and relationships and all that, but we also have a lot of fun classes because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? So we have tarot card readings, we have soul shower, we have astrology readings. Uh, we're turning wellness into a lifestyle. We're also uh, going to run a retreat soon. So come and hang out with us. Come ride with us. Go to the website to get into uh, the lab and then go download the app. We have a brand new app out with tons of audio. I'm going to give you a discount code um, and this is for a limited time. So if you're listening to this, you could join the lab for only $20. It's like a drop-in fee. For three months, it's $20 a month. Go to tatlab.app. That's tatlab.app. And the discount code is live better. It's case sensitive. So all lowercase, one word, live better. And I will see you in the lab. All right, let me paint you a picture. Hulk Hogan, Bob Hanna, Farrah Fawcett, Windbreakers, Fat Laces. It was the 80s, and all the cool kids had dirt bikes. And I wanted a dirt bike so bad, but my parents wouldn't buy me one. I was too young. I was around 12. Anyway, fast forward to many, many years later. I am now close to 40. Friends having a bachelor party. And he decided to do a bachelor party that involved adventure. And the adventure was dirt bikes from Sequoia to Yosemite. I had no idea what I was getting into. But because there were dirt bikes, I knew this was an opportunity for me to connect to that part of me that uh, didn't get to ride the dirt bikes in the 80s. You know, I say self-betterment is sometimes more about a reunion than anything else. And so on this trip... I got to connect to the spirit of that 12-year-old who wanted to ride dirt bikes, and we rode like 100 miles a day, and it was amazing. This adventure was brought to you by, well, brought to me, not you. Well, it is offered to you as well. (laughs) It's offered to anyone, but it was by a company called Wilderness Collective, and the founder of that company, Steve Doubledam, is here with me today on this podcast, and he's got an amazing story. I love his mission, his uh, true north, his anthem, which is uh, that wilderness makes you better. And I am someone who grew up in the concrete jungle. I'm the kid that would bring a hairdryer to go camping. Steve, on the other hand, grew up on 40 acres and his dad and grandfather building things with their bare hands, uh, a very different life than me. And um, I'm just super grateful for the adventures that he provides 
Um, and so I'm going on another one, and this will be my third. This one, it's going to be in Alaska, and we're going to be on uh, adventure bikes. And I'm super excited about that. You know, I have this uh, hummingbird on my left bicep as a reminder to seek nectar. And the Wilderness Collective, Steve, creates that space for anyone to seek nectar so that you could live life instead of just exist. Here's Steve, Double Dan. It's like, you know, buy, when you buy a CD and you get all that shit in the back. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So I record right away. Well, it's good to see you, man. And um, thanks for taking the time. I know you're super busy. Um, I'm glad I caught you when you're uh, in the city and not in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go for about, I don't know, um, 30, 40 minutes, like whatever, you know, uh, whatever the, the flow feels like. Um, what I'm really excited about uh, is that I'm not just someone who is uh, interviewing you because I've heard about you um, or the stuff that you do, but I actually have experienced your products, you know? Yeah. And so it's really cool to, to have done that. So I'm going on my third wilderness collective trip uh, to Alaska in a few weeks. And um, it's interesting because I feel like there's a progression. I know they're, I know they're random, but it feels like, you know, I went to the, uh, the, uh, the Yosemite one. It's kind of the intro. Yeah. Uh, and it was amazing. And I feel like the, uh, and then we did the, the Lululemon thing. Um, but, and I think the uh, Alaska one is kind of like, um, it's a different vibe. No, it's, it's almost like a, um, I don't know if it, I would say a graduation. It kind of feels more adult. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different type of trip. I'm, I'm totally curious to like hear your feedback from it. And it's a different type of experience too. Yeah. You know, I think it's like, especially with Alaska being like a bucket list destination for so many people, it's yeah. like what a great way to tack off, tick off that bucket list, you know, of, you know, a thousand miles in Alaska on a motorcycle is a pretty good way to do it. Yeah. I want to start with, um, your grandfather, because uh, the yeah. last trip I went on, you know, you hear little bits and pieces of conversations and I, yeah. and I heard you and maybe it was by the fire. Um, you were talking about your grandfather's impact on, on your, your ripple and everything that you're passionate about when it comes to adventure. So let's start there. Yeah, sure. So my grandfather, um, <clears throat> like your mug, by the way, <laughs> my mug says uh wilderness makes you better which is uh the motto for the company yeah so my grandfather who he actually passed um two summers ago now about this time so mm. and was just a, a formative figure not just in my life but i think i'm like my family's legacy in a sense you know and and what i mean is he's he immigrated from the netherlands to canada so we just had that mindset of anything is possible. And then he was famous for saying, you know, like never let money get in the way. Right. So he would just mm. always like find a way to, you know, to figure something out. And kind of the, the classic story with him is he had six kids, you know, dad being one of them, one of the oldest, pulled all the kids out of school and spent a whole summer and a bit of the fall building a trimaran sailboat. Um, and like, just, you know, from literally like, you know, old salvage stuff they found wow. at the dump and just like airplane fuselages with the pontoons. They built this huge, huge trimaran, drove it across Canada with two different station wagons, assembled it in the St. Lawrence Canal, and then sailed it for um, six months all the way down to Florida and back up again. Wait, and wait, then wait, they wait. Drove how, you know, there, there, there was no Google, there was no YouTube. Um, <laughs> how did they build? They just said, we're going to build a boat, or did he already have knowledge? And I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, he 
basically just got books from the library like honestly like you know he's just kind of like a relentless like diy guy i mean he built an entire pipe organ you know in his later years just thought it'd be cool to do and so he like found all these books and built it together she's kind of this like relentless tinkerer but anyways you know that big boat trip you know there were several more after that he built four different boats you know they even bought before the boat trip they bought a greyhound bus um my grandpa and like converted the whole thing into like the modern like you know camper van before that right. was a thing and drove around the united states for nine months with my dad's family so so i grew up you know and then they, they probably my grandparents have probably traveled to 50 or 60 different countries too we were always picking them up wow. from the as a little kid and then they come back and they do like the slideshow and like yeah. think you know all the places in the world that they traveled so I kind of just grew up thinking, A, that that was normal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you can't afford a boat? Just build one. Wow. Uh, very literally. And to just be explorers of the world that we find ourselves in, you know. And my grandfather was really just kind of like a big source of inspiration for that, for my dad, for like our whole family. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool. Like if you think about like what's the – you know, like, what are the legends and what's the legacy of the family that you grow up in? That's one that I'm very grateful for. And it certainly shaped a lot of what I do now. Dude, that's such a priceless mindset. I mean, to say, um, you know, don't let money get in the way, because I would say the majority of us, we allow money to get in the way, right, of what we're trying to build. And uh, let's just go build a boat and, and also put our family on it and go on it for six months. That that's that's one of the ultimate build the bus while you're driving it stories I've ever heard. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. But but for you as a kid growing up, there's no way that that didn't sink into your subconscious, right? And it kind of laid tracks for um, all the stuff that you're doing now. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and I saw it like play out in different ways, even in like my own family, right? Like my dad. And my uncle, they bought 40 acres of land that I grew up on outside of the city in Canada. And they're like, all right, we're going to build our own houses. And it was like full on like pioneer style, pretty much like my dad, like this is before I was born, like they built the basement. They lived in the basement Mm -hmm. as the family, more and more kids, you know, because I'm one of five kids. Then they built the next level of the house while they were living in the basement. Wow. They lived in both levels while they built the third level. And now it's like this cool little like A-frame cabin in the woods idea, but like very much, you know we're building the plane as we fly it is pretty much the family philosophy, whether that's spoken or not. You know, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. I think actually all the way back, like as far as you can go, that's just always been our story. It's like, all right, figure it out, be resourceful, Yeah. you know, find a way to do it, you know, humble roots, all that kind of thing. I love it, man. I, I, I love, I love when people build things from nothing and it's the passion that uh, makes that thing, you know, makes the kite fly in the sky. So you started, what's interesting about you. Uh, so you've always been an entrepreneur. You come from a family of entrepreneurs. Also um, the blood running through your veins is adventure. Um, you started in the clothing business, correct? Yeah. That, that's what brought me from Canada to Los Angeles. Um, my former business partner and current best friend, uh, Steve and I started a, a high-end denim brand in Canada mm-hmm. and really had no clue what we were doing, but quickly realized that Los Angeles was the Mecca for, right. you know, the jeans and t-shirt Mecca. And so long story ended up finding ourselves down here, teamed up with an investor, you know, at 22 years old telling my oh, parents wow. that they're moving to a different country. So, and I haven't left since then. So I was about, I guess like 17 years ago, something like that. So yeah, I did a handful, handful of clothing startups. Um, 
about three or four different kind of startups in that space. And then started to transition out of that, you know, help my wife start a media company for women. And that's really around the time when I was also kind of the wheels returning for wilderness, you know, because I wasn't too eager to jump back into the apparel industry. So was uh, Wilderness Collective something that uh, you had as a vision or did it kind of form? Was it peripheral? Did it happen on the side and you're like, oh, wait a minute, there's something happening here organically? Yeah, it's a good question. I think I was doing it without realizing I was mm. doing it for quite a few years because yeah. I was just the ringleader for all my friends. I was like, hey, I bought a $500 catamaran on Craigslist. Let's see if we can sail it to the Channel Islands. Like what right. could go wrong? You know, like I was always like the organizer and kind of the guy who's like, all right, let's 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 do it. Let's get out of the city. I mean, I think that's one of the keys to living in any kind of city or modern life, right? Mm-hmm. Is developing this rhythm of adventure, we call it at Wilderness. And I was naturally doing that for my friends and enabling them in a sense by putting the details together, making it easier for them to say yes. So when I then transitioned out of the apparel space, I was like thinking, okay, I've spent, you know, eight years learning, you know, getting good at building consumer brands, telling a story with compelling marketing. Mm -hmm. And I, my interest in adventure trips and adventure travel was growing. And I found that by far the quality of time that I had with my friends when I was doing this stuff just superseded, you know, the quality of time that you get when you're grabbing a beer with your buddy, you know, mm-hmm, every right. week, like that. Right. So the, the relational momentum that we gained in a weekend was huge and it really helped offset how busy all of our lives are. Everyone's all entrepreneurs doing all this stuff. So I was trying to wrap all that together and also I think I found that like uniquely doing this stuff, you know, was especially healthy for me and my guy friends, like with yeah. our relationships. Sure. So that was really like an emphasis, you know, it's that kind of idea of like, Hey, if it's good for you, it might be good for other people, you know? So I was like, Hey, this is, I love adventuring. I really value, you know, the male relationships in my life, want to cultivate those in a meaningful way. And maybe I can wrap this kind of branding and marketing mm-hmm. and high customer service, high hospitality, halo around this thing and you know kind of shake off the dust of the old adventure travel industry and see if we can do something a little bit new so yeah why do you think that is why do you think that you know you put 12 dudes on two wheels and um you know throw them into the wild and have a truck following them and and, you know you'll go camping and stuff why do you think that produces um, so much glue, like relationship glue and bonding and and as as opposed to like you said you know um, having a beer with someone at a bar yeah Well, so I don't think that you have to do like what we do for our trips. I don't think that's the only way. Right. Right. So it's not that like, okay, if you want to get close to your friends, you got to drop a couple thousand dollars and come on a wilderness Mm -hmm. trip. Right. So I'm, I'm more than happy to just know that guys are and people are connecting meaningfully. But I think the things that we tap into on purpose are, it's the power of shared experience, yeah. right? So yeah. when you share an experience with each other, it's so much more powerful than telling each other about an experience, right? So right. you're living it. We work really hard to create a distraction-free environment. As you know, we've been taking people's phones away yep. since day yep. one, and man, it's never been imp- more important than now. Yeah, of course. So that's another big one, right? It's like you're removing the escape of like, 
okay, the conversa conversation is stalled or I'm uncomfortable or I'm feeling like on the outside. So I'm going to retreat to my little world right here. Mm -hmm. So instead you have guys, they've got to push in, you know, you're like, all right, so we finished talking about work. Now, what are we going to talk about? You know, and that's when you start to get to those deeper levels. And then it's, you know, shared challenge, shared achievement. You know, I love it. My favorite trips are when things go wrong, right? Not when everything right. goes right. So it's even if it's small little things you got to work through as a team, all that stuff is happening. It's these like little like micro connections that over a four day period, you walk away being like, man, like it was just us for four days. We were doing the same thing, but having our own unique micro experience while doing the same ride. There were no distractions. We brought together some of the best things in life, which is nature, great food, mm -hmm. great conversation, camping out, motorcycles or whatever it is. And it's kind of this like mixture of things that I think it builds comfortability, um, leads to vulnerability often, yeah. you know, and people just feel freer. They feel like a better version of themselves. And so we really try hard to create that environment, you know. You know what else happens, I think, is uh, um, the men get to leave their uh, resume, scoreboard, corner offices. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm oh, sure yeah. you've had, you know, CEOs, you've had celebrities, you've had all different types. Oh. And so, but when you're on a, a dirt bike, uh, you're inside a helmet, and no one cares what you do or how much money you have or, you know, if you're famous. You're just yeah. one of us. And, and so it's almost like everyone kind of, like, meets at ground level and, oh, and, and there's a, there's a humanization it. piece to it, you know? Yeah, no, that's a great insight. I mean, it's just, it's a great equalizer. Yeah. You know, um, we really, yeah, like you said, you know, we've had super accomplished, successful folks and mm -hmm. they're, you know, eat crap in the mud puddle and some guy who's right. saved three years helps him pick up his bike. Like it's really not about like the money or what you do for work, you know, and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, and I love that uh, you like that uh, things go wrong, right? One of the quotes that I have here is um, um, that that uh, you like when you don't know the outcome. And I think what happens is it positions us for a hero's journey. You know, um, I, I use that with clients a lot. This whole idea of going from the uh, the 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 unknown, uh, the known to the unknown, slaying dragons, you know, overcoming fears. Uh, yeah. And I think that whole thing, returning to the village, change. And I think by the time you know, that week is up and now we're grabbing our phones again. Um, there has been some kind of revelation or internal, in, internal, like, um, shift, like every person that is on that bike or, or the, 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 the other vehicles that you have, um, they have gone through some kind of journey. It wasn't just a activity for them. Yeah. 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 So, um, let me ask you this. Uh, you are also a father, right? How many kids do you have now? Two, two, two kids. Are are you two, done, or you want you want more? Oh man, I don't know. For right now, we are done, but we're not officially done. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I have a fifteen month old, so I'm in that world now awesome. too as an older dad. Um, how do you juggle this business? Um, you know, and you're flying back. You're you're doing all these things. Uh, you also have you know teams, but then you are uh, also a father and a husband. How do you juggle all that? It's, yeah. Um, I think that, you know, as like a lifelong entrepreneur, right? Like for me, it's the whole separating like your personal life and your work life. Like, I, you know, that's, it's a hard thing to do. And frankly, it's not even actually what I want to do. I think like 
throughout my day, I'm switching from personal to work to personal to work, Mm -hmm. you know, so I don't think of it as like, you know, these big shifts, but you know, part of what, like my wife and I, two summers ago, we were in Europe for nine weeks. We did a home swap there. My business was running. We were there with our family. I was doing as much email and stuff as I needed to be, but I was also just having a great experience with my family. And so it wasn't all vacation and it wasn't all work. So Mm -hmm. I try to keep things pretty flexible and fluid, you know, but then balance is always the thing that I'm shooting for. I mean, I am like, I'm a nine to five guy. Like I I really try hard to not work at night and I Mm -hmm. pretty much never do, you know, don't really bring work home. But if I have to, if there's a big thing happening, like that's okay. Right. But what I don't want to settle into is there's a rhythm where, you know, work is always taking over, you know, my, um, my grandfather, actually, he had a, he had a great line, you know, where he said, you know, I want to own my business. I don't want my business to own me. Mm. Oh, I love and that. That's absolutely yeah. true. You know, and I'm very fortunate to own my own business and have schedule freedom and flexibility, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are actually like more of a slave to their job than they would be if they just had a normal job out there. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. seasons too, you know? So for me, it's, it's trying to find that balance, you know, as the business has grown, I've gone on fewer and fewer trips, right. you know, so I, I'm really trying to like work hard to not make it where it has to be me all the time for every decision, for every, everything that happens with the business. Um, and my wife being an entrepreneur as well, I think we're both very mutually supportive in that, you know, there'll be yeah. nights like, like I've just got to work. And I'm like, that's great. I'll watch the kids. And there's sometimes where I need to call that on too. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Cause I wanted to throw some questions at you um, that you, you probably don't get asked a lot, right? Like obviously yeah. business adventure, everything you're doing. Um, but also um, I I'm really interested in you as, um, as dad and husband as well. So yeah. um, how do you, cause relationships are hard. I've been married. I'm in a relationship now. Um, how do you uh, build a healthy relationship with being this busy and uh, pursuing passions and all that? Right. Um, do you guys do you guys do date night and stuff like that, or or do, are you guys so do, exhausted? Like, yeah, no, no, we do. We're pretty good on a weekly date night, and that mm-hmm. really helps, you know. Because yeah, we got two young kids. You know, yeah. my little boy is almost five. The other little guy is uh, just turned one, so it's it's full on. Wow. Um, I think one thing is like especially as a guy, like I've got to work to share all of my life and especially like my mental work life with my wife. Right. So what I mean is it's easy to come home from work, you know, I'll drive home, decompress on the drive home kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And to come home and you get a baby thrown in your arms and, you know, Sarah, my wife will be like, Hey, how was your day? I'll be like, Oh, it was, yeah, it was pretty good. It was like busy. I did this, this and that. And I can't even tell her what I did that day and not actually be giving her my whole self in that Mm, moment. Right. The truth is, it's like, Hey, actually like I'm dealing with this thing with one of my guys on my team and like, he's not feeling whatever valued or like he's trying to figure things out. And I'm, I'm feeling nervous about the conversation that I need to have with him or like a customer, like sent me this email and I know it's not a big deal, but it's kind of got me feeling like I, you know, that people pleasing side of me is like kicking in. So it's like, 
Or you can just say, oh, it was a great day. It was busy. I had a call with these guys and had a couple sales calls, right? So it's like how much, like the more information that I can give, that's a gift to our marriage, mm. right? Yeah. But the lazy side of me can be like, oh, I dealt with that all already today. Like right. I don't want to go back into it. Right. So I think that for me, because a big part of my life is my work, then a big part of my relationship needs to include my work, right? Yeah, because yeah. otherwise I'm keeping my wife out of a big part of my life, right? So I really try to tune in with her on what's the emotional stuff that's happening at work with me versus like, you know, I'm not like talking about like the finances of the business with her around the dinner right, table. Right, right. Unless we're totally screwed and it's stressing me out, you know, because I think what, a mistake that a lot of men can make is we compartmentalize our lives. And like we, you know, work-wise, we get home and we're like, you know, it's it's actually like I'm really struggling at work, but we're kind of like putting on a brave face. Mm -hmm. And then your spouse or your partner is like, why are you acting different? Like what's going on? You're like, I'm fine. We're fine. Right. And you may be fine with each other, but there's like this big part of your life, this meaningful part of your life where there's chaos, there's tension, there's, you know, emotions and all this stuff. So that has been one thing that has certainly helped, you know? Yeah. And I want to pause there for a second because you're saying something so important. I mean, you're at the end of the day, you're talking about being vulnerable. You're talking about less logic and what happens in the day to day, but connecting with your wife by um, doing life with her instead of around her. So it's sharing how you feel about stuff, not so much this happened, this happened, that happened. And uh, yeah, that, that produces um, connection, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's a great tip. Um, speaking of, of men and vulnerability and all that, uh, you know, whether you know it or not, you, you are, you actually work in the men's space. You do men's work, you know? Um, and, and I know all your trips aren't just for men, but, um, you've created, I mean, you've turned adventure into a movement, uh, and also you're, you're leading not only, uh, your team, your employees, but also you're leading, um, a lot of men, yeah. you know, on this journey. And so. What is that like? Is that is that something that you don't you, you don't want to carry that torch because there's a lot of pressure? What is that like? And also, uh, what is your definition of a man today? Sure. So I think that there is, you know, there's some pressure, but I try to not, you know, I think that a lot of pressure comes with that if you're trying to have all the answers mm -hmm. and we are not really a brand that is trying to have all the answers for humans or for men or whatever, rather, I've always said like, we want to be a part of the conversation, right? So we want to have the courage to spark the conversation. One of my mentors said, every guy wants to have the conversation. He doesn't want to start it. Right. So on our trips, I think of our trips, our brand's job, my lead guide's job is to push the conversation a little bit further to mm -hmm. elevate the conversation, right? It's like, yeah, we can, you know, shoot the breeze all day long around the campfire, talk about work and that kind of thing. Or you can ask one or two simple questions and all of a sudden the conversation drops to a whole other level that's actually life-giving, that's actually like soul fulfilling, right? So that is a big, a big part of the brand for me, you know, this idea of wilderness makes you better, right? Like it implies that there is a better 
mm-hmm. for all of us. Right. And it's not a destination. Like you don't get to better. Better is always going to be ahead of you, which is that idea of like always learning and always, you know, improving yourself. So, so in terms of the men's conversation, like, yeah, I've, yeah, I guess I feel some pressure with it, but I don't really get bogged down by the pressure. I think it's more of an opportunity, right? Like our job is to like set the table, set yeah. the context and let the magic happen, not be super prescriptive with right. it. Like we don't have like a program or an, you know, a, a hard agenda on our trips where it's like, all right, here's like the 10 steps to becoming like the better version of yourself. Like we could do that, but I think there's a lot of that out there. One of my primary goals with our clients is to get them looking and thinking inward, right? So it's Mm. introspection. So, so many people, you know, they come on the trip and they think that they're there for the dirt bikes. They think they're there for the side-by-sides. And my goal is that by the end of the trip, they realize why they're really there. Right. They realize what at a sub level made them feel like I need to do something like this. I need to do something big in my life. I need to have a big experience or I need a change in my life or, and then that's like, everyone comes for a reason, right? They might not realize what it is. So by the end of the trip, a lot of people are like, oh man, yeah. Like actually, you know, I'm in a huge transition at work or like my marriage is falling apart or I just started a new relationship or like, I'm trying to like, reconnect with my kids and having Mm -hmm. a hard time with that you know and so I think that the gift that we can give people is some space and some like change of environment and change of activity to hopefully get them looking inward and thinking like why am I like where am I headed in life right what what trajectory am I on who am I going there with and is that where I want to go right Mm -hmm. If I'm sailing this direction and I'm going to hit Hawaii in 35 years, is that where I want to be? Which Hawaii would be good. <laughs> yeah, you you create space, man. It's like you're, um, you know, uh, you're like an adventure therapist. It's like you create the space for uh, things to happen, possibly, but you don't force. Um, and what you're focusing on is um, what's happening underneath, what's happening internally. And it seems like that's your goal is if the 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 client or customer goes through this adventure and they leave with an internal shift that matters more to you than them, you know, taking uh, sweet jumps or, <laughs> or breaking speed records or whatever. Right. No, absolutely. And it's, you know, if people just walk away from the trip and just had a good time, fun, just the yeah. time of their life, yeah. that is a huge win, you know, because I think that there is, great value in just having fun right so it doesn't need to be that they were crying around the campfire and they're Mm -hmm. walking away with this revelation it's like man for so many you know kind of middle-aged folks too it's like man when's the last time you just had four days of straight up fun you Mm -hmm. know a question i like to ask a lot of guys who are my age and stage of life is like do you have any hobbies yeah and the answer is almost often no no right or or do you have any friends <laughs> it's like, yeah, like you know and it's yeah. and those go together obviously. yeah you know so it's sad so it's like these things that um part of the wilderness philosophy is these things that gave us in our younger years that gave us the energy to get us where we are right friends hobbies wild crazy trips where you didn't know the plan like all this stuff we use those things as fuel in the rocket to get to where we are mm-hmm 
And then we stop doing those things, right? thinking though, we'll still have enough fuel to go the next season. So it's like, you know, we ditched all our hobbies, ditched all the crazy road trips or whatever, ditched all the meaningful times with all our friends. And then we're thinking that we've got what it takes to go the next decade or two without that. And I just think that's why you see people completely depleted, right? Yeah. So again, it comes back to this idea, the rhythm of adventure, right? Is like, I think that you wanna look at your calendar and see a couple things throughout the year that you're truly like excited about, mm -hmm. like that feeling of a kid who can't wait for school to end because summer holidays are coming. Yes, and you're going on <laughs> right. You know, like that's the that's feeling. So true. Like, yeah, that like it's human. That's not just for kids. That's yeah. a human feeling, anticipation, right? Like, how often have you heard someone be like, "Oh yeah, I've got like." I got a trip coming up to Paris and I haven't even thought about it. Like I'll think about it on the plane. You know, you'd be like, are you excited for your trip to Fiji? Right. And people are like, I don't know. I'm just like working right now. I'll think right, about right, it. Right. Like we don't even let ourselves get excited. Yeah, man. That's really interesting. What, what how has uh, the pandemic affected you guys? Are people now more thirsty for connection, connection and adventure or are people, you know, um, skittish? Yeah, no, it has been, I mean, of course, at the beginning, it was scary for everybody. Yeah. And then for us, it really was, it was pretty cool. It felt like we were offering like a basic need for people. Like mm -hmm. people were so starved, especially last year for like connection, for outdoors, for doing anything. And we had this offering that was perfect. It was small groups. It was outdoor. It was domestic. Yeah. And so yeah. the people who came on our trips, it was like they had, you know, tasted real life for the first time so it was pretty cool to be able to run a whole bunch of trips in the later half of last year and certainly this year has been incredibly busy for us because i think people are finally prioritizing you know outdoors prioritizing experiences and kind of you know seeing the value in that so it's been really you know it's been great for us i saw a photo on social and i think it was a warehouse and it was a fleet of dirt bikes and there were like i mean there were like i, I don't know 20 30, there were no there were like 50 there were a lot and i was yeah. thinking holy shit that, that yeah. how fast you guys have grown because when i first went on your trip it wasn't that big it was more micro and now i mean i mean so um how many first of all how many dirt bikes were in that warehouse do you know what i'm talking about yeah i do i think we had like 36 going yeah out. we had three different moto trips going out in one weekend yeah so. so now i mean talk about plate spinning now you have multiple adventures happening um how is that for you and what's the overall vision like how is this you're just going to keep growing and growing till there's just like people everywhere on dirt bikes or yeah. or yeah where, where is this headed yeah it's a great question i mean so it we've been doing the business for nine years right mm -hmm. so it took eight years to get to our 100th trip, which was last September. Wow. And that's, is that, is that a trip? A, is that a trip a week? Uh, not exactly. I okay. mean, that was over eight years. So it was, yeah. you know, it took us a while to get yeah. to a hundred, our hundredth trip last September. This September will be our 200th trip. Wow. So in one year we've done as many trips as we've done in eight years. So holy shit, it's, so it's, it's scaling it's been a wild ride. Yeah, yeah. We're we are on top of the hockey stick curve here. But so what has been so yes, we're growing fast. The team is growing fast. The appetite is there from the customers. To me, the most important thing has been to um, to work really hard on the company culture side of things, right? Because mm. at the end of the day, like my people are the product, right? right? So I want people when they come on a trip to 
yeah, we have great food and the dirt bikes are amazing and the side-by-sides are amazing, all that stuff. But really when people give us feedback on the trips, they're never saying like, man, like I just love that Yamaha WR250. Right, right. In my mind, it's like, it's the people. It's my team, right? So I'm so proud when the feedback I get is about my crew. Mm. And that's not something you can microwave, you know? You can't really... You know, if you try to push your company culture too fast and try to scale that too fast, you know, something's going to give. And of course, yeah, it's the company is different than it was back when you came on your first trip. But in the same way, I actually think that we are doing a better job of Mm -hmm. the same thing and we're doing it more often. Right. Because we've just gotten really good at building a very special, meaningful experience for people that is, you know, world class in every different way so it's certainly not been easy but that's really the commitment that i'm trying to make you know which is some of that means restraint it means like saying no to you know just continuing that growth like i we grew a lot from 2020 you know we did 35 trips in 2020 we do 85 this year um i don't it is not my goal to do 200 trips yeah (laughs) right you know what i mean i would rather have that growth be just incremental and not, you know, I want to play the long game, right? So if I try to scale it way too fast, mm-hmm. uh, I think then we start playing the short game. Sure. Where, where do you see uh, Wilderness Collective in three years? What does that look like? Yeah, I think in three years, it'll, it'll look very similar to what it looks like now, but it'll mm-hmm. be probably just offering more types of trips, you know, different vehicles, different you know, activities, as well as just opening up more locations. So really we've been running almost everything out of just our Los Angeles location here. We do have Mm -hmm. like a satellite warehouse in St. George, Utah, that kind of helps with our logistics, but probably like the next big move would be like another headquarters somewhere else in the, you know, to kind of like serve a whole different region. Um, But yeah, like for me, like the growth comes from offering new routes, new types of vehicles, and new demographic ideas too, right? Like we launched these dads and kiddos trips two years ago. Cause I was yeah. like, all, all my clients have little kids just mm-hmm. like me. It's like, how can we, how can I build a product for them? And that has been wildly successful. And now we've got dads and teens trips. We've got some family trips, you know, our co-ed trips are growing since we started launching the side-by-side trips, we've had a lot more interest in couples trips and that, that stuff has been really fun. You know, we do a lot of corporate not really corporate stuff, but, uh, you know, business trips, you know, where people bring their leadership teams along and a facilitator. It's, it's all kinds of stuff, you know. From the outside, um, you know, someone like you who uh, has been programmed to take risks and, and, and build the bus while you're driving it. And, uh, um, you know, and obviously I've seen you ride. So you're fearless, you know, out in the, 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 on your bike. Um, what are you scared of? So what, what is Steve scared of? What is some of your fears, internal fears, um, just in life? Um, not, not, not like bears and shit, because I don't no, think you're, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get it. Um, I think my fear would be, so there's a proverb um, there's a proverb from the Bible that says, uh, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but lose his soul? Yeah. Yeah. That's a fa- That's a good one. It's a great one. Yeah. 
And so for me, I think that it's twofold. So though my work life and my personal life that I shared, they're kind of one, but I would be sad if in 10 years or 20 years, I just built this monster business out of this and we lost the heart and soul. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. We lost our why. So you, so you're saying that you got reach it's, it's become, you know, um, big and it's making yes. tons of money. It's everyone yeah. knows about it, but the soul of it is gone. How would you know that the, the, the why and the soul is gone? How would you know that? Um, I think it would be the tone of feedback that I get from my customers, mm. um, the passion from my crew, if I started to feel like they're just doing it because it's a job. And then I think trying to get honest with myself about like, why am I excited about this? Right. Because like, do I need to go and do another Yosemite moto ride again? Yeah. That I've done like 45 times in my life. No, but would I love to do it next weekend with the eight clients I've never met before who all are, trying to wrestle with big things in their life. And I think this could help them, right? So the thing we do is the same. Ideally, it's the same every weekend. Mm -hmm. Ideally, we, you know, we've gotten very good at doing something that's the same. So that could be boring for a business leader, but the fun is the people are different every time. Yeah. The different story, the diff different things happen, you know? So that's some of the soul, you know? And so then on the, on the same side with my family, you know, I wouldn't want to like grow the container of my family, the house, the household income, the like mm -hmm. stuff, the trips and have that become the focus, you know, and not lose the soul of it. You know, I had a, actually, it was a, I had an interesting realization. So this, this big home swap trip that my family and I did, you know, we were in, uh, Holland for five weeks and Copenhagen, um, for four weeks, wow. two summers ago. Yeah. And my business ran, we did 11 trips, you know, cause it was, it was smaller than, and so we were over there and I had this realization there where I was like, wait, I just, I'm living abroad with my family for nine weeks. My business is running back home. I love the guys that I work with. I really love what I do. Mm -hmm. And I was like, people work for 60 years to yeah. try to get to the spot I'm at yeah. right now. Yeah. So if I get too greedy and try to scale too fast or get out over my skis, I could lose what I have now. Mm. So I want to make sure that that quality of life from a, all perspectives, you know, economics is part of it for sure. Yeah. You know, but I want to make sure that I'm not just growing for the sake of growth because that is the story that the world tells you right now. Right. You know, is like scale, scale, scale and sell. Right. Right. And for me, especially with the birth of my second son, it got me thinking like, Hey, what if this is a business that my boys want to do? I want to build this thing so I could pass it on to them. And if they don't mm -hmm. want to do it, that's fine. But in building the business in a way that it could be passed along to the next generation, I will inherently have built a very sound, stable company that also could be sold. Right. Man, there's so much wisdom in what you just said. And, um, you know, whether people can relate to your life or not, they can relate to this. And that is, I mean, you're talking about gratitude. You're talking about um, how we are programmed in the world to keep swimming uh, bigger, prettier, faster, whatever, yeah. and not realizing 
the what we have we could lose is right under our nose and so you had this revelation while you were away realizing that um, i'm already on the island yeah you know yeah, it's now, now it's about protecting the island yeah yeah that's a that's a great mindset man yeah i uh uh, my second book was called, I used to be a miserable fuck. And, uh, I was always chasing shiny things just growing up in Los Angeles. And one of my things that I've learned, um, which has become my motto is, uh, never exchange your truth for membership, right? And whatever membership looks like for you. So membership can be selling a business can be, you know, whatever it can be, a, a you know, a, a relationship can be a, a pretty woman. I don't know, but, yeah. um, yeah, you're, you, when you start to exchange your truth for membership, you start uh, losing your soul yeah you know that's awesome well listen uh, i don't want to take up too much of your time what is your motto as we end uh not i mean it could be the company motto like you know wilderness makes you better obviously is a great one um what but what is steve's motto so kind of my life goal is to leverage creativity to produce the most good i can in the world Ooh. Leverage creativity to produce the most good in the world. Um, describe that. What do you mean by that? So I've always built creative brands. Mm -hmm. And I've always tried with each different business I've built to have them matter with a capital M and bring meaning into the mm -hmm. world more and more and more. So, I mean, if we, if we had another hour, I could talk through the different businesses and how each time I was trying to like, actually do something that I felt was actually helping people. And I'm not trying to like save the world. I'm really trying to like focus on my little corner of the world, right? You know, which is my right. team and my, my family, my team and my customers. Right. So to me, I think that, you know, creativity is like this weapon that we can wield um, for good or for selfish reasons or all kinds of things. So um, yeah, that's a big goal of mine for sure. Can I just say as um, someone who's experienced your products, yeah, because right now we're talking about dirt bikes, adventure, and all that. But man, you are you are uh, a master at at detail. So, for example, the first trip, the backpack, the mug, the um, the magazine. I don't. Are you still doing the magazine? We that we seems very expensive. Seven issues. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And all of it was like collectors. Like they were like I could tell that you put a lot of effort and thought into the creative part, and you weren't just like handing out things for the sake of handing out things, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. And I, th and I think for me as a, uh, someone who's experienced this, um, that's kind of what you mean by leveraging, leveraging create creativity to send that, that ripple. And so that's, yeah. it's very, very memorable. Um, I want to end with this. So I'm going on your Alaska trip, which I'm super yeah. excited about. And I want you to know, I want to pull the curtain back and show you, um, uh, what's been happening. So, uh, three of us, uh, there's not four of us going on that trip and we're friends. Uh, we started our own text thread yeah. talking about, I mean, talking shit to each other, but also talking about the trip as a runway. And it reminded me of what you said, like when we were kids and you're like, you know, we're all going camping in the summer and we start hyping it up, you know, yeah. and that's naturally happening behind the scenes. And I don't know if you um, get to see that, but I'm just letting you know that happens. Yeah. Um, and, and, and uh, yeah, man. And I, and I think this trip, it's going to be life-changing. Um, and we're all going to get something different out of it. Uh, and so I, I want to thank you for um, creating these spaces. I see you as uh, when I think about you, I don't you know just think about adventure and dirt bikes. I think about you in the sense that uh, you're a catalyst, mm. you know, and um, you're creating spaces for uh, men to have 
opportunities to look inward. And to me, that is, uh, especially today, man, um, uh, the soil is so rich right now for men to redefine themselves. And yeah. I think you're contributing to that in a very creative and unobvious way. So yeah. from the, from the, you know, from the outside people may be like, Oh yeah, Steve, he runs the dirt bike trips. Uh, no, I mean, that's what you do on the surface, but you're yeah. doing things that are so much more uh, meaningful and powerful uh, yeah. than that. And so, yeah, so I, as another man, um, and I'm older than you, but um, as another <laughs> man who's gone through his journey and still on one, uh, just want to thank you for what you do and, and being such a catalyst in this world. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. it. And I mean, same to you, like, you know, so much great work that you're doing and kind of like you've been really bold in so many different, you know, conversational spaces that, you know, people need, like I was staring about, you know, people want to have the conversation, right? So you're, you're like a, you're provoking the conversation yeah. with the work that you're doing. So I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. All right. I will see you uh, in the dirt. All right, brother. <laughs> All right, let's be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordo, Journey Coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community, lifetime support, and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.